0: Listener Production. So we're on the road, we're on a two-week road trip down the south coast of New South Wales, and our car, the dashboard and all up the back, are covered in wet nappies. I should clarify washing wet, not wee wet. What do you think it looks like to all the cars that are coming past us the other way? You know when you drive past a car and they've just got like bobbleheads all over the front of the car and they're like, well, that guy's just a massive Elvis fan. (laughs) He's going to drive past us and go, well, that family clearly likes... Either colourful cloth if they can't discern that it's a nappy or they'll think that we're just nappy enthusiasts. You know what we should do? We should hang the nappies out the window and uh, like a flag. No way, <laughs> no way they'll survive that. And you took that idea from the Thomas the Tank Engine story we listened to yesterday. <laughs> That's so true. This is Zero Waste Baby. Zero Waste Baby. <laughs> I'm Veronica Milsom, experienced radio host, experienced actress, inexperienced but enthusiastic zero waste warrior. For the last few weeks I've been attempting the unthinkable, trying to raise my baby without the wasteful but convenient modern day luxuries that make it all easy. And when I say unthinkable, I mean something most people don't even think about doing. Why? Well, it turns out it's a hell of a lot of effort. It involves sacrificing my own temporary happiness just to allay my guilt and do my bit for the environment. One sweaty, pissy, reusable, nappy-laden car trip at a time. Actually, that's not entirely true. I'm kind of cheating because I'm using biodegradable bamboo nappies overnight, which I'm okay with because apparently lots of Earth-conscious parents are secretly doing that too. Even my zero-waste influencer, official inspo dream girl Anita Van Dyke.
1: So there's brands out there that have bamboo options
2: um, that Mm -hmm. I use, Mm -hmm. and their nappies biodegrade in six months rather than 400 years. Mm.
0: She also mentioned she's tried a whole heap of eco-friendly baby waste disposal methods, and one of them led me down a Googling rabbit hole. She said... You can do elimination communication. Elimination communication. It's a nappy-free alternative. I'd never heard of it. The idea is that parents get to know when their baby wants to eliminate, so like poo or wee, and then just quickly holds them somewhere appropriate for them to do it. And I do want to get out ahead of this and mention that, like so many other hippy-dippy habits like yoga or having an organised bedroom, this is something people have done in places that aren't the West for ages. And now I think about it, it does feel silly that I spent the whole of episode three debating disposables versus reusables when I just could have got rid of them altogether. Use nothing, zero. But like I said, this is a journey, I'm learning things along the way, and my new mission is to eliminate nappies entirely. And as always, I thought I'd check in with my dad for some moral support. But let me tell you, he's not thrilled by the sound of it.
1: Elimination communication, that's bullshit. Don't try that one. That's no good. Why? Why? Because it doesn't mean anything to anybody, and it doesn't mean what what you just said is the end result where you've conditioned your kid to poo and wee on command. What's that got to do with elimination communication?
0: Well, okay, let's move on from the term elimination communication. Do you think that the concept sounds quite good? The idea that you would never put your kid in nappies, um, you pop them over the potty, and you whistle, and then oh, can't whistle. It's your greatest failure as a father. Mm, I won't. I can. Go. (laughs) (laughs) Dogs everywhere are like... I reckon Big Mill's just like other boomers, you know, he's freaked out by the idea of it because it's the first time he's hearing about it. And it's definitely an idea that takes a bit of getting used to. We're so trained into thinking that the idea of a kid wearing a nappy is right when actually it's quite messed up, like, when you think about it. You're wearing a thing that you wear and poo in and then you just wear it around until someone changes it.
1: Like it's so odd. So why do we wear underpants? Why do we wear underpants?
0: Hmm. There's no reason to wear them, is there?
1: No. You can go commando? Hmm.
0: Do you? No. Yeah. You do in bed. Well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's private. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you're right though. Why do we wear undies? I mean, for men, it's to um, hold you in, but for women, there's absolutely no reason that you would. Yeah, it's silly. It's a catch the cats drips. Hmm, I guess your pants could do that, couldn't they? Oh, well, I'm glad that we went down this path. Big Mill's really confusing the matter, but he shouldn't because it's quite simple. So obviously, I got to try elimination communication or EC. Let's call it EC. Even though it does make me think of that freaky faceless doll called EC on that 90s kids show Liftoff. Remember that? I hated that doll. Anyway, I've got to know more about EC if I'm going to go full throttle, zero waste. And I'm kind of excited about it because other parents say it's a really great experience. It's addictive. That's Rebecca Mottram.
3: You catch that first poo and you realise, wow, that was actually so easy and now look what I have to clean up.
0: She's one of the UK's biggest EC advocates with one of the longest CVs I've ever heard. So I'll leave it to her to tell you.
3: I'm a baby pottying expert, a potty training consultant, a mother of two and a children's nurse. And I teach parents uh, how to help their babies use a potty and I teach parents how to potty train.
0: She's also a supplier of tiny split crotch pants, a fashion item babies can use when they're doing EC. And no, they're not like cowboy chaps for babies. That's what I thought at first. I shuddered to imagine what those would be like. Okay, so when most people first hear about EC, they think it sounds crazy. Well, not Rebecca.
3: I just thought this sounds so sensible. I
0: have never met someone so enthusiastic about catching a child's poo.
3: But it turns out it's a pretty outstanding
0: idea for reducing waste. Because currently Australians use more than 5.5 million disposable nappies every day. That's 2 billion that go into landfill each year. That is a shit ton of nappies. And it's a pretty new problem for society because back in the day they didn't have access to such poo-catching luxuries. We've made this problem with our
3: insatiable need for convenience. You know, NAP is a relatively modern invention. So in a sense, you know, humans have done some version of this ever since we were around.
0: And, yeah, like I mentioned, in some countries, particularly third-world ones, they never stopped doing it, though they didn't need to call it something as fancy as elimination communication like we do which I think we can all agree is a pretty over-the-top name for something which basically involves learning the signals and timings of a baby's patterns of poo and wee and then holding them over a basin, a toilet, a potty or... Some
3: people use Tupperware in the beginning. It doesn't really matter, but it's about helping your child to eliminate in a different way. Umbilical cord
0: storage and now poo-catching. I guess Tupperware is just the gift that keeps on giving. But back to EC... I am feeling skeptical about this whole thing, but I'm reminding myself that's probably just because the idea is new to me. It's like Big Mill, you know? I mean, why is the idea of nappies walking around with a wee-soaked piece of fabric that hangs off your hips, essentially a mobile toilet? Any nicer than the idea of just learning to do it in the potty from day dot. It's not, it's just all we've come to know. So anyway, the whole EC method is all about familiarising yourself with the baby's body language right before they eliminate. The signals you're looking out for could be squirming, pushing, fussing, stillness, vagina touching, dick, uh, stretching, anything. But Zoe's a newborn. How am I supposed to potty train her when she hasn't even found her own hands yet?
3: Yeah, so it is a process of kind of tuning in to what your baby is telling you. And there are ways of doing that. So one of the most popular ways is what we call observation time, where you would put your baby on a a mat or something like that without an nappy on, and you would simply observe them and, and give them your focus and attention for maybe, I don't know, 15 minutes or half an hour.
0: Okay, so I guess I'll just watch Zoe's tiny, nudie body not wee for 15 minutes to half an hour. That wouldn't be weird at all. Surely there's an easier alternative, Rebecca.
3: The other really popular way is to do it based on natural timing. And natural timing is something that's much more predictable. So babies will very predictably always wee between a few minutes and 15 minutes after they've woken up and they'll very often poo uh, either during a feed or just after a feed. Babies
0: weave 15 minutes after they've woken up? I have never heard that. I wonder when you grow out of it. Maybe I still do it and just don't know. I have to get to the bottom of this, pun intended. But my investigation doesn't need to be extensive because I haven't revealed something to you yet, but I have a urinary secret weapon. Yeah, my father-in-law, Laurie, is a urologist. My dad calls him a dick doctor, but because I'm a respectful daughter-in-law, I don't call him that when I bring a microphone along to our next family dinner. Do you ever mind if I ask Laurie a question? Is that weirdly? Everyone's put their cutlery down and stopped slurping their veg spaghetti bolognese. Weirdly interrupting this dinner party. They're assuming I've got an intelligent question. Instead, I ask if Laurie's ever heard of a baby weeing 15 minutes after they wake up.
3: I haven't, Hmm? no.
0: Interesting. Mm-hmm. Is there anything predictable about the way someone wheezes after they wake up or can you, is there any patterns?
1: If you watch them pee and they've got a good strong natural stream, that's fine. If they've got like a stop start staccato or dribbling stream.
0: Oh that no, mean I meant any patterns in the timing of when they wee and he thinks I mean any patterns in how they wee. This is very awkward, but let's just hear him out because I don't want to interrupt him midstream.
3: That might just mean that there isn't much in there and why they're
1: paying, or they might have some strange nerve connection issue that's causing them to have
3: a funny bladder action.
0: Okay. Well, let's be honest, that wasn't useful unless you secretly came to this podcast hoping to learn why your kid pisses in time with a boss and overbeat, in which case, you're welcome. But back to some actual information about EC. So once you've mental noted a baby's pooing or weeing body language, the next step is to associate it with a cue, like a word or a whistle or a sound. So the baby can learn when they hear that noise, it means it's time to empty their bladder or bowel. Tell us more, Rebecca.
3: Some parents will kind of make a kind of sound. or. Like in my case, um, my cue sound was oh. like that. I don't know quite where that came from, but it seemed to it just kind of worked for me.
0: So do you have to be careful making that noise now around the house because <laughs> so your kids your kids might spontaneously wee.
3: No, it really doesn't work that way. Um, I think children (laughs) children are intelligent and they know. They can tell the difference. (laughs) Um, I think you would have to be, um, you know, doing the other things as well with that sound. Yeah, yeah, no, that's not something I'm worried about.
0: (laughs) Well, that's disappointing. But just to call her bluff, I have mental noted to track down Rebecca's now grown-up children and make a noise with them in earshot. We'll see how it goes. So for Rebecca, it was... But for my mate Alice and her little girl Hazel, it's more like... (coughs) That's Alice Zaslavsky. Well done. She's a mum, but she's also an author. You might have read her cookbooks or maybe you've seen her as a culinary expert on the ABC or MasterChef. I
2: also teach my child to pee on (laughs) cue.
0: Oh, yeah, and she also does EC too. She's professionally an expert in food, but she also knows a thing or two about how to deal with it when it comes out the back end too. Her baby Hazel is 15 months old and a total pro at toileting on cue. I
2: did a little bit of Googling. That's kind of when I found this concept of elimination communication. Um, But what I realised is that I was kind of doing it by accident anyway, in, in a little way, because part of the concept is that you start to cue the elimination So what I realised is that I was cueing her into her nappy because it's super annoying when you've got a newborn and you've just changed their nappy or you've just taken their nappy off and they pee everywhere. So what I was doing is I was kind of giving her little like pee noises to tell her that she needed to go before I took the nappy off. And then one day, so around four months old, I read this thing and I thought, well, I'm already cueing her into her nappy. I wonder what would happen if I cued her over the sink. So I tried it and... She peed.
0: And Hazel loves going, so much so that every Dunny experience is a celebration. <laughs> and she cheers. <laughs> she'll, she'll go, woo, yeah. It kind of sounds like they make the whole thing fun. There's even a song they sing on the way to the toilet We're going to
2: the toilet, the toilet, the toilet. We're going to the toilet as a family. Hey.
0: And Alice is waste conscious too. She reckons looking back on all the waste they've avoided, it's been totally worth doing. In the short term,
2: it seems more convenient to have them in nappies, but in the long term, we're at a point now where we're using maybe two nappies a day, (laughs) which is awesome. It makes us feel good that we're not contributing to the massive influx of uh, nappies in landfill. But also what it means is that we can go out and we don't have a massive nappy bag and we don't have to worry about, you know,
0: having to change her a million times. Alice is really selling AC to me, not just from a waste perspective, but as like another way to bond with your baby. I think it's another level of listening
2: and connection because what you're doing is that you are actively, constantly kind of monitoring their their sounds and their facial expressions and and I think that it kind of, uh, it reinforces that you're paying attention, like that you kind of care. Um, And so I feel like it's kind of, it's strengthened our attachment and it's made her much more secure in that attachment too. So um, it's, it's just really cool. And I think for parents, anything that feels like an achievement is kind of, you know, it's the, it's the little
0: wins, right? It's so funny how this idea of how awesome it makes the parents feel keeps coming up. She's so filled with joy when she talks about the first time Hazel EC'd into the toilet. Truly, it was a eureka moment. And Rebecca reckons when I do it,
3: I'll feel that same euphoria. You know, honestly, I can make a bet with you that the first poo that you catch, you'll never look back. You'll be convinced from that point onwards that this was a good idea. Because, you know, it's so pleasurable. It's like you just feel like you're just totally winning at life, (laughs) honestly.
0: I want to win at life. Let's put the environment aside for a minute. I'll be expecting a round of applause if I can do it. So I'm inviting around the biggest eco-mum I know, my crystal deodorant-wearing friend Jessie. She'll give EC a go with me, and hopefully, clap me when I succeed. So have you heard of a thing called elimination communication? I have, and I
1: read all about it on the internet before I had failed, yeah.
0: It's so annoying to me that you've already looked that up. (laughs) (laughs) Why?
1: I just think like, when you start, Googling reusable nappies, at some point you are reading a thread about elimination communication. Like it's one of those internet vortexes that you just will get sucked into. Yeah,
0: okay. So I did get sucked in. Yeah. So I talked to one of the leading people in uh, the UK who works in elim- elimination communication and she recommended that I try it out. Really? And I was like, well, I'm not doing it without Jessie doing it too.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so
0: welcome. This is what I've uh, oh God, bought you here really? for. You. Yes. So time to be enthusiastic ECers like Rebecca and Alice. Apparently the first thing we've got to do is just wait for our babies to wake up from a nap and put them on a waterproof mat and wait for them to wee so we can observe their signals.
1: I mean, isn't, isn't Zoe too old? Aren't you meant to start at, like, birth or something?
0: Well, you are, actually. You're supposed to start at the very beginning, but, I mean, she doesn't look like she'd be too old. <laughs> do you think? Am I, only, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, she's a couple of weeks old. Oh, Lily, he didn't push you, did he? It's much smaller than you are. <laughs> I'm bullying you, and my child is bullying your child. <laughs> okay. Jesse and Bill are nice. I think that's why Lila and I just find it so easy to bully them into doing things our way. Uh, so, the first thing that you have to do is look for signals, right? Yes. So you, you can find out when a, they actually are semi having a fight. Are it's they? really funny. Yes. Oh, man, I have a nudie newborn lying on a mat while I wait for her to do a wee, a toddler harassing a kid half her size, and I'm trying to relate to Jessie a theory about child conditioning while simultaneously searching my newborn's face for a sign she needs to do her business. I have been less stressed. Jessie's a step ahead of me, though. So can you tell that already in Bill?
1: I can tell the poo. I can't tell the wee, I don't
0: think. What's the poo signal?
1: Just a face that's like... Oh, it's a hard-to-describe face, but it only means one thing. It's like he's sort of, like, surprised and then, like, a mixture of pleasure and pain. <laughs> like, wow. big eyes and, like, a slight grimace. I wonder when that is out. Like uh,
0: Probably but, never. From toddler to... Yeah, exactly. He'll be 23 and doing... I just during. don't watch
1: many other people do shits, but, like, probably everyone has the same face, I guess. Oh, my God,
0: maybe. So I'm briefly trying to picture my own poo face. Then my husband, Nick's. We're too old for EC to work on us anyway. And Jessie insists Bill's too old for EC too.
1: Would you like to do a poo? No. no. Okay. Bill, stop walking
0: away. <laughs> it does feel like it's too late for Bill.
1: <laughs> I feel like it's too late
0: for Bill. Baby Bill. I check my watch and then realise I forgot to take note of the time when Zoe woke up. So it's tough to monitor the 15-minute rule. I guess now it's a waiting game.
1: We're just lying here waiting for babies to poo.
0: Maybe we just spend some time brainstorming our queuing techniques.
1: I heard that people go just like, but wee.
0: How do you know about this? This was all. I watched a YouTube video, Veronica. Like
1: any normal human, obviously. Oh,
0: I think she's doing a wee. I think she's doing a wee. She is. Oh shit! No. So the thing I'm supposed to be doing is um doing the noise. Do the noise. Do the noise. Okay, so monitored we check. Q sound accompanying the wee, checks. She doesn't know she doesn't seem to she cares. She just loves having her nappy off at the end of the day. Identification of signal. Sort of check. I think she flared her nose, but they're very tiny nostrils, so it's hard to tell. I'm gonna lock it in as a tentative check. I'll give her one more chance. Apparently babies wee every one to three hours, so I'm really stretching the friendship with Jessie here. We gotta do it. It's time to get back to the mat.
1: So how many times are you meant to do this before they... No idea.
0: No idea. It feels like it would be a lot. Another hour passes. There's been no more we from Zoe. Bill's fled the scene. My audio assistant Lila is doing a dance in her Emma Wiggle outfit. I rush the final step. How to actually hold your baby over the potty. So what you do with your body is that you sort of sit like this over the toilet. you sitting on the toilet?
3: Oh,
0: no, that feels wrong, doesn't it? But first, I need a refresher from Rebecca.
3: If you hold her so that her back is on your chest, so you're both facing the the same way, Um, and then you put your hands under her thighs um, and kind of tip her backwards a little bit and then put the potty underneath so she's got this nice squatting position, which is the way that humans are designed to poop.
0: All my life, I never knew the way humans were designed to poop. Hmm. Holding my baby over the potty in the dead of winter wearing nothing from the waist down does feel inconveniently cold right now. That's why I need to get a pair of those split crotch pants Rebecca sews and sells. But anyway, back at the house, this is not working. And Jesse seems pretty unimpressed by this whole EC thing.
1: I feel like, you know, caveman... Veronica and Jessie, we wouldn't be, like, lying here waiting for our babies to piss. We'd just be getting about our lives. We'd just be foraging, looking for Gathering. Doing whatever we're doing. Making and, baskets. And just if we noticed the baby weeing, we'd make the noise. But then we'd get on with our lives.
0: It feels like right now um, all you want to do is leave here and get on with your life. And, um... <laughs> I'd like
1: to get on with my life. Shush, yeah. Mum.
0: Oh, we'd like to shush. This is taking forever. effing ever. And finally, I release Jessie from this hostage situation and let her get on with whatever less important rubbish she wants to fill her day with. But my quest for a nappyless baby continues. And it's pretty trying. There have been many unsuccessful attempts. OK, it looks like this moment has come um, where I think that I know Zoe wants to um, do a poo. So I'm going to head quickly to the bathroom and try the easy technique. Um, so I'm going to do proper... Hey. Oh, my God, I'm a bit excited. Pop her over the um...
1: potty. OK,
0: <laughs> coming, coming. OK, OK.
1: <laughs> oh, that's what you needed to do.
0: <laughs> OK, the bit was the problem, wasn't it? OK, well, back to the drawing board, I guess. <laughs> oh, don't smile at me. I just really rushed all the way to the toilet. I thought, this is going to be my moment. I mean, your moment. Our moment. But it wasn't to be. I'm sure it'll happen eventually. It has to, for the good of the environment. Until then, I reckon I'll keep Zoe in cloth nappies through the daytime, just to be safe. Coming up next episode, less is more. I get a Murray Kondo consultant on board, to help my two-year-old make piles and find out which toys spark joy and which need to be sent to the salvos. Have you played a lot with her or not so much?
2: Not so much. Not so much, OK. Do you think maybe
0: another girl will be happier playing with her?
3: No, I want it.
0: You want to keep (laughs) it? OK. Let's be honest, a two-year-old was never going to be an easy client. But this one seems particularly tricky.
1: Are you hiding something there? <laughs> yes. Okay.
0: That's next week on Zero Waste Baby. <laughs> and if you hit subscribe on this podcast, then you'll get a free notification every time I release a new episode. And while I still have you, if you liked it, please give it 5 stars and recommend it to a friend. If you didn't like it, don't say anything. Zero Waste Baby was written and presented by Veronica Milsom. Script consultation and original music by James Milsom, my brother. Editing assistance by Lindsay Green. And audio production by Darcy Thompson. Jennifer Goggin was the executive producer. Also, she helped her write this. Also, she edited it. She did a lot of the things and she's put a gun to my head. just making me say this. Listener.